When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Monday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money on a Wednesday. You know what that means. Mike Palm, of course, VP, Circa, the D, Golden Gate Casinos. You can hear Mike Palm across VSIN on a multitude of shows, including on Fridays on the Lombardi line on Saturdays with Ben Wilson. We say hi to Mike Palm. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good afternoon, Patrick. Good afternoon, Dustin. Welcome back, Amal, from thank your you. uh, Thanksgiving travels. Hope you had a happy birthday last week as well. Oh, thank you. Okay. Amal <laughs> <laughs> Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. Any shout-outs from you, big guy? I didn't know it was Amal's birthday. He keeps it a pretty well-guarded secret. Yeah, I'm oh, still trying once to figure we, out. Once, we get cl- once we're 50 years older, we're really saying, supposed to celebrate. <laughs> Did the AARP 50. card come? <laughs> 50. Did you get Dude, the AARP you, card or what? No, but you can get it early. <laughs> you already applied? <laughs> Why not? You get the discount. You got a discount everywhere. It's the world's it's the biggest lobby in the United States. Hey, you don't want to pass it up. I totally agree with you. I'm close. Um, okay, so we were going through the well, first off, we should talk about dust. You just brought it up. Circa Survivor. 80 left there, Palm? 80 entries left. I think it's like 67 or 68 people. 80 entries. I believe there's only now eight or nine people with multiple entries. And Vison's own Paul Howard is one of those uh, individuals. He has two entries remaining this past uh, weekend. Uh, he advanced on Sunday with the Titans and the Chiefs. He still had the Chiefs on one of his tickets. He has Philadelphia on both tickets for Christmas. I think there's a path there. And if you're interested in that ticket, reach out directly to uh, at follow the money here. <laughs> It's an open, open discussion from what I'm hearing. Selling pieces? Uh-huh. Are you telling me selling pieces yeah. of it? Yeah. Get in early. So it's, it's, it's easier to sell that than kidneys. Possibly. <laughs> I got two of both. <laughs> <laughs> Jury's still out on the second kidney. 
<laughs> well, and, uh, what's the strategy? I, I, I admittedly have dropped out of talking strategy yeah. since I got dropped out of the contest, but what's the strategy for the 80 remaining here, Mike? Well, you have to draw the path backward, obviously. Uh, most of them have the Chargers available against the Patriots. And the Patriots suddenly become an interesting fade, right, Amal? Mm -hmm. I think Caroline and the Patriots. It, it, it's a fluid thing during the year. Who are the fade teams? The Giants were, and then the Giants now in consecutive weeks meeting the Commanders and then the Patriots uh, have knocked out large percentages of the pool. But I think that becomes an interesting, interesting proposition. I mean, this week I think you have several choices. Obviously, nobody really has Dallas left, but the Chargers at Foxborough, just short of a touchdown favorite. You've got the Steelers, who many have left. They haven't used the Steelers yet. They're hosting um, the Cardinals. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, Tampa Bay, who everybody mostly has left, also uh, hosting the Panthers, as the Panthers have been a pretty solid fade. I think that was what got people through this week, zeroing in on not that they love Will Levis or the Titans, but the, how bad the Panthers are. I think, uh, Patrick, when you look at I'm with you. I've really not been paying that close attention, but Pittsburgh seems like a play. Coming off a road win, you got Arizona, a team that got blown out at home against the Rams. And then you mentioned Tampa against Carolina. I think most people will look to take a shot against Carolina the rest of the way. Are you still alive in your survivor I'm back not. home? I lost. I had, I had to take two teams this week. And oh, I this New is where it goes to double? Two, yeah. yeah. And I had the New England Patriots. Yeah. 35-yard field goal gone astray. Be curious to see who they start at quarterback. And, boys, we do have some news. Uh, Mike, a team that – you liked early on for good reason in Cleveland because of all that defense, but they continue with the injuries. So here's the latest. A Browns quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, now concussion protocol. Joe Flacco has been taking snaps as Cleveland's QB1 in practice and could start Monday against the Rams. Of course, the Rams in the mix in the NFC, so this is an interesting one. Uh, Cleveland here in Los Angeles, and Los Angeles boys laying three and a half. Why is Stefanski so down on Walker? Can, can you explain that to me? I know he turned the ball over. Well, Amal, you're looking at me incredulously. I, I am because I'm like, that's, well, I thought it was a rhetorical question. It's not, it's not a rhetorical I, question. He won games for him. If, the, if he doesn't get the pass deflected with two minutes left in Seattle, they're winning that game too. He gave them a chance to win every game. They won in a shootout in Indianapolis with him. I always said I disagreed with this move about DTR. Your team's six and three. This isn't an experiment to see how good DTR can be. You need to get into the playoff. I think you kind of know what P.J. Walker yeah, is, though, right? Yeah, exactly. But he gives you a chance. DTR was good. Before DTR got upside. knocked out, yeah. He was. They were coming back in that game. They'd figured out the run game. He was making plays. Before he had that concussion in the bloody mouth, they were coming back to win on Sunday. I think you look at potential upside with DTR. That's the biggest thing. But other than that, I think they're kind of stuck. Here's the other problem, though. If we're being realistic, when you look around the AFC, you see Lamar Jackson, you see Patrick Mahomes, Tua, um, other people you want to throw into the mix is the wild card situation. Trevor Lawrence, a potential division with Jacksonville. Are you really winning these football games with P.J. Walker or DTR in the postseason? Probably not, but you have the best defense in football, arguably. I, Statistically, you do. I think their defense is deceptive. Their defense is very good at home. On the road, they're not good. It's an interesting you proposition. Guys, it, this, I'm going to save the college football playoff for oh. the debate, Palm versus the oh. Prince, because we've got plenty of questions uh, containing or pertaining to that. I have a question for the two of you. Where do you think Jim Harbaugh is coaching next year? Mike, go ahead. Well, why would you? I mean, they keep speculating the Bears, but why would you want to go to that organization? Do you really believe in Justin Fields? I mean, if Minnesota tries to make a first down at all, Justin Fields, one of the most 
you know, games that you should have won via four turnovers, turning the ball over twice himself on Monday night. They blow the game in Detroit when they were 98% to win it midway through the fourth quarter. I don't know that the Bears is an optimal spot for him unless there's something coming down the road from the NCAA that's going to be really serious. I thought the Big Ten with this, you know, pat on the behind, not even a slap on the wrist, a yeah. pat on the behind with the three Saturday suspension was a preemptive move to try to really block the NCAA from doing anything big. I don't disagree with a lot of what you said. I think you make a lot of great points. But, Patrick, to answer your question, I do think he winds up with the Bears. Yep. Whether you like Fields or not, you've got to, you're have you going to have the first pick from Carolina, so you can choose which quarterback you want to go with. You can add another great piece to it offensively if that's the route you want to go with a pick in the top five to top eight potentially there as well. But to me, I think most coaches at the collegiate level, if given the opportunity to coach in the NFL, would take the NFL opportunity for one reason, one reason only. You don't have to recruit. I mean, these guys are beholden to 17, 18-year-olds to come there and basically determine the success or failure of their program. And I think Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL, being an NFL guy, having coached there, coming within about 10, 12 yards, I forgot exactly what it was with Kaepernick and company in that game down in New Orleans against the Ravens, of winning a Super Bowl. If he doesn't win this year at Michigan, it's a complete rebuild for the Wolverines next year. They're going to lose about 18 starters from this team. I, I think it's a real challenge. Um, Ohio State's not going anywhere. And now you're adding in Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA. I I'd rather take on the Dan Campbell, uh, Kevin O'Connell, and who else we got in that division? Can't even remember. Oh, Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. The cheerleader, the che yeah, as exactly. Michael Lombardi so, calls him, as Patrick well knows. Yeah, yeah of course he hates <laughs> Matt Lafleur. Uh, Chicago, Chicago. Um, you just answered. I feel like you answered the question there, Paul. You don't believe Fields, so you would immediately trade uh, away from Fields, draft one of the quarterbacks. It looks like they're going to have one and maybe three or four in the forthcoming draft. You get off of Fields, right? I, I would. That, that's my opinion. I mean, I don't think. From what he tells you, he's a winner. I'm not. I don't think he, he takes way too long to get rid of the ball in his five and seven step drops. Um, the, the thing they have going for him is they have a very good run defense. It's, it's underrated them all. You can't run the ball against well, the Bears. I think both teams defensively on Monday night are a lot better than people realize. The Vikings hadn't given up a touchdown in the last eight games in the first half, or I think it was just one. And the Bears defensively, with the acquisition of Montez Sweat, have gotten so much better. I think this team could be dangerous. Um, but, Mike, to your point, I get it. You don't believe in Fields. I don't think, Patrick, when I look at Justin Fields, I don't know where you come out on him. I know you said you'd like to keep him, which I agree with. But does he get you in a situation where he can become a top 10 guy? I, I kind of equate him to Lamar. Not as good of a runner. But I think he's a little bit better passer potentially. That if you play to his dynamics and his strengths, I think, and you build around him, then you become a very dangerous team. I don't think he's as escapable as Lamar. I don't think he's as good as a, in a design run game as Lamar. He doesn't get rid of the ball as quickly as that Lamar. I agree. You've watched the Ohio State quarterbacks through the years. Where does Fields rank for you? Well, I mean, there was only, what, three guys to rank? Well, I, I mean, uh, Schleister. I think you gotta you got to consider Schleister. Well, no, I was taking Schleister's bets. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I couldn't do that. But, no, I just, <laughs> you know, to me, with Justin Fields, the accuracy leaves a lot to be desired, and that's where the problem is. I think the Bears will move on just because of their current yeah. roster construct, and then they'll draft a quarterback, draft a receiver. But I do think somebody's going to get a quarterback in fields put in the right spot. I agree with all of the analysis from Palm as far as holding onto the ball. I think he can be a productive player, though. I really do. Uh, that's, that's my take on fields. I think he can be very productive. Okay. You guys saw that Petrino returned. I mean, why isn't this, this is like the funniest story ever? He's now going to run the offense in Arkansas for – 
Uh, Bobby Petrino returning after, of course, the disaster with the motorcycle there. You guys find that funny? Well, uh, based off of what he did as the UNLV offensive coordinator, I'm not <laughs> sure about that. He was, what, four days? He was, uh, I don't know, he totally embarrassed the university. Uh, this is for, you know, I don't know if you guys watched Follow the Money this morning. Paulie redressed in his Halloween outfit, which is Bobby Petrino after the accident with the red. <laughs> he and JVT were on this morning, so he redid it in light of him being rehired as the OC in Fayetteville. I think frame what Odom did at UNLV, Mike. Like, look, I think it's, the more, that's your it's more incredible than the Knights winning a Stanley Cup. It's more incredible than the Aces winning two consecutive WNBA titles to me. No one has been able to do anything with this program, and he led them to a, a Mountain West championship game, which I didn't know how this computer ranked teams. I mean, they didn't beat any of the top three teams, but they got there. But the this record against the spread, I think he was 8-2 and two against Division One opponents against the spread. It's absolutely incredible what he did. Now the only question is where does he end up next year? Yeah, that, that's a big <laughs> thing. But, Patrick, mm -hmm. you look at this team, just quickly looking at it. UNLV had not won eight games since 2000. Okay? They won nine games this year. Prior to that, I mean, the highest win total was seven. This Who's is coaching a, in 2000? Oh, God, I can't. It might have been John, John Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. Was it Robinson? Yeah. Oh, that's a good pull. Yeah. That is a good pull. Oh, my gosh. So it's 2000. So 23 years since they had won eight games? Yeah, and they won nine this year. Unbelievable. Great job. Good point. Where will he be coaching next year is the only question. Palm versus the Prince coming up next here at Sharp Money. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing. And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This 
This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Total Wine Spirits, beer and more, lowest prices for over 30 years. Find what you love, love what you find at Total Wine. Please drink responsibly, must be 21 years or older. Okay, you wait for it Wednesdays, Palm versus the Prince. I'm going to throw a curveball based on what we just talked about. Let's get the clock started. Five European leagues, English Premier League, Bundesliga, League One in France, Serie A, of course, in Italy, and uh, La Liga in Spain. Rank them, Mike Palm, we'll start with you. You won the coin toss. Rank them in watchability, like having fun watching the leagues. Well, that's a tough question. Uh, We have to start out with the Premier League. That's the best soccer in the world. Um, La Liga's way down. I would say now second is uh, Serie A. Then I would go League One in France, then Bundesliga, then La Liga in Spain. And I would have put Spain second for many years. Uh, in okay. terms of watchability, I will go yes. with uh, Premier League, Bundesliga. I would go with then La Liga, uh, Serie A, and League One in France. I think it's much more defensive. Serie A is much more defensive. Bundesliga, you wind up every Saturday, there's a 4-3 game. I mean, it could be Hoffenheims, it could be Dortmund, it's 4-3. It's just a much more entertaining game for the average viewer to watch. Mike's point there on the Premier League. I would actually put La Liga, uh, Bundesliga up there higher if you're just a casual fan, but Premier League, as you guys know, is the best soccer in the world. Okay, but now to Dustin's questions. Dustin can't even grade that one. He doesn't no, know. It was that. a pass. No. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it's a big opportunity for one of you because you're definitely going to win for Patrick. <laughs> we, we, I, one of them won. You're right. Well, Amal, you're next. Does yep. an undefeated Florida State deserve deserve to be in the college football playoff? Yes. There's only been 13 teams out of the 36 that have been selected in the college football playoff so far in the nine years that have been undefeated. So to be a team that gets in now being potentially, say, 14th as Florida State, Michigan 15th, and Georgia 16th, uh, that's an incre- impressive achievement out of 40 teams potentially. So Florida State running the table, even with a backup quarterback, 100% deserves to be in at 14-0 uh, or 13-0. The backup quarterback should be irrelevant to the conversation. It's about the body of work. If you're a power five team and you go undefeated, you have to be in unless there's five, all five went undefeated and then you have to make a decision. This is an easy year for the committee, in my opinion. Florida State said you could have four undefeated power five teams in Michigan, Georgia, Washington and Florida State. And if Oregon beats uh, Washington, they're the one that gets in. Okay, Mike Palm, you're next. Who is the best Heisman winner you watched? Not the Heisman winner this year. Heisman Uh, winner you've watched. Yeah, I'm going to go with 2010 and Cam Newton. I thought he was the most dominant player in college football I've ever seen, maybe outside of Herschel Walker in 82. Uh, Almost 3,000 yards passing that year, 28 touchdowns to six interceptions, and how about 1,500 yards rushing and 20 touchdowns? You couldn't stop him from leaning forward for four yards. Patrick, I I love that call. Him and I both agreed. We didn't see enough of Barry Sanders. I thought Sanders was an obvious choice. But for me, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow 2019. LSU goes undefeated, has an incredible year, just like Cam Newton wins the Triple Crown. National Championship first overall pick and Heisman Trophy. But how about the ridiculous numbers Joe Burrow had? 60, 60 touchdowns, six interceptions. And how about in the college football playoff, a record that will never be broken, seven against Oklahoma and five against Clemson to wind up with 12 there, six rushing touchdowns. This guy was unbelievable the season he put together. Isn't that the title game? You bet me 3,000 straight up. You had Clemson, yeah, I had LSU. Exactly. No point spread. Amal Shaw, who, where will Bill Belichick be coaching next year? 
You know, this is a great question. I think it's an interesting one. I think it's going to be the Washington Commanders because I think Belichick will be able to command so much money. Josh Harrison Company will pay that money to be able to attract someone of that cachet and what he's done in the past. And the Commanders, I don't know if there's a team right now in all of professional sports that needs an image overhaul and just an absolute changing of the guard more so than the Washington Commanders. I agree with Amal Shaw here. They have the opportunity because of the new ownership. Um, they need an adult in the room. They've got plenty of uh, high draft picks on those, and especially on that defense. They finally got rid of Del Rio. And I think they have the most room to air because of the new ownership situation. I think he would be seen as a negative hire in some places. This is a great question from the big guy. Mike, you're up. Iowa's total touchdowns for Saturday are set at a half. Are you going over or are you going under? Well, I'm going to go under, and, you, and then you can bet yes on a special team or defensive touchdown to hedge that because that's the only way they're going to score. They're not driving the ball down the field. They might block a punt. They might return a punt, something like that. By the way, at DraftKings, they have Iowa's first half and second half total both set at one half point. Slightly... <laughs> One half point, slightly juiced to the over. $1.25 first half, $1.35 second half. I, I would take the <laughs> half a point over because they've got one of the great kickers in college football. They get inside the 35-yard line. You know he's already thinking field goal. But in terms of Iowa, I, I will take a chance and roll the dice here and go over on the half a touchdown. They have scored in every game a touchdown this year except the game against Penn State where they got shut out. Remember last year they put up 14 points against the Wolverines in that 27-14 loss against Michigan. So I will take Iowa to score in this game a touchdown Amal Denver at plus 135 yeah. or the Bills at four to one to make the postseason uh, you got to go Denver here at plus 135 Denver's got a much more manageable schedule and most importantly Denver has a 24-22 win over Buffalo on Monday Night Football which we all saw and that's the reason why Denver in a tiebreaker is going to get that head-to-head -head advantage when you look at the schedule down the stretch Buffalo's on a bye they still got the Kansas City Chiefs then they got the, that's on the road at Arrowhead and then they've got the Dallas Cowboys who come calling when you look at this um, Denver Broncos team. They've got the Houston Texans coming up this week. That's a direct team that you could potentially knock out of playoff contention with a victory this weekend down in Houston. So I'll Time. go with the Denver Broncos and currently sitting Time. a half, half game ahead in the loss. Sorry. I tried to make an argument for the Bills because of the, ver the difference in price at plus $4, but I agree with them all. They're probably only going to be favored in one, maybe two games. I don't know what you make them against home against the Cowboys. The Cowboys have been great for six weeks. Denver has six games remaining. All of them winnable. They'll be favored in at least three. They just and the tiebreaker over uh, over the Bills. I'll go with the Broncos there. Okay, Mike Palm, you're up. What is the perfect thermostat temperature at home? Well, I assume this is a year-round question because it doesn't distinguish it. So in the summer, I set it at um, 76, and in the winter at 68. So let's go right in the middle. 72 is your year-round temperature. That's my, that's my number. <laughs> that was the number I was going to go with. 72. That's what I keep it at in the winter time, and. Uh, it, to me, in the summertime, also keep it around 72, so I'll go with that. 72 in the summer? You must have outrageous envy uh, energy bills here. You both are psychopaths. My thing is under 70 almost all summer. Well, we don't yeah, make well, as much Dustin, money as you. And, and Dustin Swedelson's ego showing up for Palm in the Pen. <laughs> Psychos. You want to sweat your own that, 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 that cash is at minus 180. We knew it was coming. <laughs> I, just to let you know, Dustin, I had an opinion as well, but it's not my game. Uh, <laughs> if you committed you're, you're murder. You're an unhinged human being. You, you said it at like 80. <laughs> I know. If you committed murder in Walshaw, Allegedly. Who, now, this might be the two of you entering each other. Who at VEASAN would you call to help you hide the body? <laughs> so my first call probably would have been to Mike Palm. He's probably the closest of anybody I am at VEASAN. 
Uh, but the problem is I'm concerned with Palm. It'd be like taking out an ad in the New York Times the next day. That's my one concern about telling Mike. Other than that, I'll call Britton Hess. <laughs> so you, wait, you're saying that he would, he would then let the press know that Amal killed somebody? No, he would just say there might be a body in Lake Mead. Okay. He would, Mike, Mike I'll tell you one thing. I got to give Mike, because Mike's a close friend of mine. He would never throw me under the bus, but he would just be like this. He'd be like, hey, guys, you might want to look over there. You're <laughs> both going to jail then. Okay. Mike Palm, you're up. Who's hiding the body with you? I think you? there's two criteria here. You have to pick someone that you trust implicitly. But the second criteria is, is there anything in their past or present lives that, that, that the, the authorities could leverage them with? So the first criteria, I say Amal and Mitch Moss, and then I'm going to roll the dice and say Mitch has fewer skeletons in his closet <laughs> that he could be compromised with. So Mitch Moss is my choice. <laughs> By the way, statute of limitations on fraud has expired a long time ago. I don't, I, I'm interjecting again here. What? Mitch is so moral. You'd be, he would never agree to it. He would never help you. He'd be asking another person. So now, now you're more liable because you have more people knowing you killed someone. Yeah, I would Last actually, question. I, would, I was going to say, Go I was going to actually pick somebody I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't like so I can yeah. hit him on the head with a shovel when I'm burying the other body. <laughs> okay. Mike, you're up. Oh, and this okay. is the last one for both of you. Yeah. Who would you like to see as the final four in the college football playoff? Great question. Um, well, I'd like to see the best four teams that could win it. Um, but that can't happen because uh, Oregon and Washington both can't get in. I want to see Georgia. I want to see Michigan. Uh, probably I want to see um, Oregon. And then by process of elimination of what you could get in, I think Texas prevents more of a, a problem for those other three than Florida State would. Uh, I would like to see Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and I would like to see Texas in there. However, I'll make the argument Washington could get in. If Texas loses, Bama loses, and Florida State lose, how about Oregon, Washington, Michigan, and Georgia? Okay, I they now Dustin, they agreed on a lot this week. Yes. So I have two for Palm, two for a malt, two wins for Palm, two wins for a mall, and five pushes. Oh, I only have two pushes. Oh boy. So you got a winner here. Then. I have a winner. He has a mall shaw. I have four to three a mall shaw. Oh <laughs> so that makes it two back to back? He's looking to go Kirby Smart next week. <laughs> Wait, what? no, that means that means Palm has won two straight and Amal's won two straight. Yes. Right? I don't know, but i got to give Dustin credit. I love the questions he asked. I love the body one. That was a great one. And then, you know, in terms of the college football playoff, very quickly, guys, how about the scenario where we get Washington and Oregon in there potentially? What? Texas, Alabama, they want They want to do something nice for a conference that won't exist after the game. <laughs> Charity, <laughs> I'm just saying. Can you imagine the amount of money Washington State and Oregon State can hold ransom against these other schools? Happy holidays, Mike Palm. We will talk to you soon. <laughs> That's the legend. Of course, you can hear him on Friday on the Lombardi line. Drew Butler is next. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, the holidays are here. Let Omaha Steaks take the guesswork out of gifting. Go to omahasteaks.com and save 50% off site-wide. Plus, when you use the promo code VSIN, V-S-I-N, at checkout, get an additional $30 off your order. It's a great deal. Send tender, juicy, butcher's cut filet mignons, mouth-watering burgers, gourmet jumbo franks, or even... 
Find some easy-to-prepare meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks, it's a gift from the heart and a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage. 50% off site-wide. Plus, remember, VSIN at checkout. Get an additional $30 off. Minimum order may be required. We're back. Of course, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live downtown. My name's Patrick Maher. We're going to bring in a guy. I remember last time we had Drew Butler on, I was like, out of all the guests we've had in nine months on this show, just the way he approached betting, I'm like, this dude is like the rest of us. He is a D-Gen <laughs> in a good way. Drew Butler, former in Georgia, and <laughs> in a great way. NFL punter. It's all legal. 92.9 The Game. Host at Drew Butler on Twitter. I hate to start with something so basic, but we've been obsessing over Mike Tomlin all week. Okay, so please humor us for a second. I know you spent uh, a season there in Pittsburgh. I, I said, like, if I had somebody that I wanted to give a speech at my wedding or help me with my accounting or coach my football team, I feel like the guy can do anything. Can you give us an idea or a look into Tomlin's personality? Yeah, I was very fortunate. My rookie season was was in Pittsburgh with Coach Tomlin uh, and then spent about another eight months there leading into the 2013 season. And then I went to Arizona with a ton of Pittsburgh coaches, kind of that migration happened. So a lot of the same Tomlinisms. But I think the number one thing I was most grateful for in my first foray into the National Football League is that there is no gray area with Coach Tomlin. I mean, you walk into the building each and every day. Everybody knows what's expected of them. As he says, and it's true, the standard is the standard. And that just shows each and every season in Pittsburgh. He's doing a hell of a job this year. Uh, and I think I was on with Mitch and Pauly before the season. And I was like, I, I think Coach Tomlin could be a real player for Coach of the Year uh, in the NFL. And it's looking that way, what he's been able to do. And then, of course, with the firing of Matt Canada, the first time since 1941, I think the Steelers have made a coordinator or a coaching head coaching change in the season. Uh, it's just remarkable. And the Steelers schedule is very favorable heading into the home stretch of the season. Drew, just, just quickly, he's sure. 12 to one them all coach yeah. of the year. If he wins that division, I totally agree with Drew. Like imagine. And Campbell is so short at plus 140. So again, Tomlin 12 to one. Go ahead, Amal. Yeah, just to build upon your point, Patrick, and Drew's point, I don't understand, guys. Help me understand why Dan Campbell is such a prohibitive favorite when this team was expected to potentially win the division. I don't know where you guys come out, but I thought this could be the year that Pittsburgh doesn't get to 500. They are mathematically two games from automatically being 500. Seven and four, are you kidding me? How about the game they stole against the Raven this year, Ravens this year in Pittsburgh? This guy just wins. I mean, it's like he's got a sack of potatoes at quarterback, and it doesn't make a difference. Look, they just find a way, uh, and it's a lot like how Alabama always just finds a way, as they did a week ago in the Iron Bowl. And going to Coach Campbell, like, obviously, he's done a great job, and I think that number probably plays into the public perception. I mean, if you watch an NFL pregame show, there's some sort of vignette on Coach Campbell, and they're getting all the public to love on him. So I would assume that that number's being brought down just by the volume of bets that have been placed on Dan Campbell. Patrick, Drew, Drew just Butler. lost his invitation to the Georgia alumni game. <laughs> I think he did. Let's <laughs> let's save let's save the Georgia conversation. I, and of course, Drew played at, at Georgia, um, Oregon, Washington. I'll just ask you this way: Were you surprised when you saw the opener, and now you have it doubles there at Circa Oregon Lane Ten? Does that number surprise you? 
Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, that just feels like too big of a number. And it's one where, you know, you feel like something's up. You feel like they're just begging you to take the points. And sometimes you can see those spots from a mile away. But what Washington's been able to do, again, finding a way. I saw a comparison this past week to what TCU did a year ago on their way to making the national championship game. They were just finding ways to win games, and that does count for something. And you look at that week six matchup when Dan Lanning admittedly left a ton of points on the field and Oregon ends up losing that game by three points. You would hope that he doesn't make those same coaching mistakes Friday night in Las Vegas. And Oregon is playing some amazing football right now. I saw on some look-ahead numbers that Georgia would be a one-point favorite against Oregon on a neutral site right now. So they're obviously, from a power ratings perspective, uh, the closest matched to Georgia, who's the number one team in the nation. But 10's a lot, man. This is a conference championship game. It's not like Roma Dunze and Michael Penix Jr. just aren't going to be able to find success on the offensive side of the ball. So, look, as it keeps creeping up, uh, I think there's more and more value on Washington for sure. Yeah, I think you bring up a couple of great points there. First of all, Dan Lanning hasn't beaten Washington yet. Remember, he lost at home, and then this year you mentioned, and then the second point you made was great about their ineptitude in terms of efficiency in scoring opportunities. I'm going to leave the Georgia game for Patrick because he's got a strong opinion on that one. But, Drew, I want to ask you specifically, if I said to you right now, we've got eight teams that are potentially viable for the football playoff. Just based on eye test alone for you, forget schedules, records, whatever, who are the four teams you would take? I'd take Georgia. I'd take Oregon. Uh, I like how Texas is playing right now. It's so unfortunate what happened with Jordan Travis and Florida State. You know, I think they're definitely on upset watch this weekend in the ACC championship game. But you saw Kirk Herbstreit. I mean, he was fired up last night on that college football playoff ranking show. And he essentially said if it's a close match Saturday in Atlanta, you would have a really hard time arguing that Alabama is not one of the top four teams in the country right now. That obviously is dependent on what happens in the Pac-12 championship game as well. Uh, but we could have absolute chaos on Sunday. I would have a hard time leaving Alabama out of that conversation for the top four if it is a closely contested game in Atlanta. What do you, Drew, what do you do with Texas? They're going to, you know, Oklahoma State 18. Oklahoma State just struggled against BYU at home, double overtime, as the boys said yesterday. It, this is, it's a tough spot for Texas because they've got a great win, obviously, to mm -hmm. Alabama, but they're a 15-point favorite here in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, I mean, Coach Gundy's always coached very well against Texas. And historically, as an underdog, he's in a great spot. Again, 15 points in a conference championship game. And crazy things do happen in Dallas or in Arlington, as they call it, in the Big 12 championship game. So, again, like, why would you not take points with a team that has nothing to lose with a coach who's really good in a double-digit dog spot? So, I think Texas ends up winning. Uh, obviously, there's no look-ahead spot. They've got to win to have any chance of getting into the college football playoff. But you would think Oklahoma State kind of throws everything at the Longhorns. And I think certainly they can keep it within two touchdowns. I want to ask you specifically about Kirby Smart. He spent eight years as the D.C. at Alabama. No great defensive coordinator stays at any program that long. Is that what you think has helped, among other things, propel him to the success he's had at Georgia? 
You know, one of the things a lot of people talk about around the Georgia program is not many people understand or give credit to just how smart Kirby Smart is. He is a very, very sharp guy. Uh, from what I understand, he's an avid reader. A lot of assistants of Nick Saban have tried to go be a head coach, and they haven't necessarily found a lot of success. I think that a lot of credit should be given to Kirby Smart for taking the things that he's learned from Nick Saban and then implementing them at the University of Georgia. It's not like he took over a bare cupboard. I'm not trying to say that whatsoever, but he got the administration to buy in. He got full buy-in from the boosters and the fan base, and he found the right spot for him. If you remember that season, that's when Steve Spurrier had resigned mid-year. This is 2015. Coach Rick was let go right after the end of the regular season at Georgia because Georgia knew it was their opportunity to go bring an alumni back to be the head coach, and that, of course, was Kirby Smart. So South Carolina was circling the waters, Patrick, to hire Kirby Smart that offseason, and Georgia made the decision, and it proved out to be timely and right for both parties of releasing Coach Rick and bringing Kirby Smart in, and it's crazy to think that was eight years ago. Why would you want Kirby Smart when you could get Will Muschamp? Are you insane? <laughs> well, now they have them both. There you go. <laughs> Will Muschamp. Hey, you see the clock. A minute and a half. I want your take on Labby at Mississippi State, Jonathan Smith at Michigan State, and A&M Elko. I like the hire with Jeff Lebby, um, a guy who was at Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin, so he understands the state of Mississippi, obviously had tons of success at Oklahoma as well. That fan base enjoys a high-flying offense, so I think that's a great hire. We'll be interested to see what he does at the portal. Jonathan Smith, I don't blame him at all. I mean, with where Oregon State's at in the Pac-2 right now, it's the right time for him to make that jump and get into the Big Ten. And then Coach Elko, I love the stats about Jimbo Fisher's success with Elko as the defensive coordinator. And then without Elko, he certainly had something cooking there in College Station. Hopefully the expectations are reasonable for him. Yep, 100%. They fell apart after Elko left. That's a great point. Uh, just quickly, Dustin just sent me this. Duke's quarterback, Riley Leonard, who's going to be a pro, has entered the NCAA transfer portal. We were talking about the quarterbacks jumping in the portal before Drew came on with us. And speaking of Drew, he's going to come back for another segment, including... Atlanta. I wonder, will Drew be at the game on oh, yeah. Saturday in Atlanta there? Of course, Georgia, Alabama. Right now, we're showing five and a half with Georgia laying it and 53 and a half on the total. We're coming back with Drew Butler next here. Sharp Money, it's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep tight stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, bet $5, get $150 instantly in bonus bets when you sign up as a new customer. DraftKings promo code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P. It's that simple, five to get $150. No sweat, same game parlay every day at DraftKings. The crown is yours. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live downtown Las Vegas. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Of course, our buddy Drew Butler joining us here on Sharp Money Championship Week College Football. Uh, we will, and again, you can find Drew on Twitter, at Drew Butler on Twitter, hear him, 92.9 The Game in Atlanta. W- will you be at the game coming up on Saturday? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Um, and my wife went to Alabama, so we'll have, uh, we'll have some fun for sure. Well, well we need the story now. Well, I'm sorry. We need the story. So yeah. uh, you, went to, you went to Georgia, obviously. Your wife went right. to Bama. Tell us how this right. all happened. She couldn't get into Georgia. That's how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, set she, you up for that one. <laughs> she 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 went to Alabama. She was journalism student of the year at Alabama. So shout out to her. Uh, but we grew up together, and and she had a great great run in Tuscaloosa. She worked up in New York City for a couple of years as well at NBC, um, and now we're back in Atlanta. So these weeks used to be me just assuming I was going to be a loser, but things have changed. So I'm pretty optimistic heading into this weekend. Thank you. I think he should be. We were joking about, I'm sure you saw it, Drew, but the quote from Kirby where he was asked when his team, you know, were a little rusty, but they didn't start everybody against Georgia Tech. And somebody was like, do you think your team was looking ahead to Alabama or the SEC championship game? He's like, what are you talking about? We just won the state championship when they beat Georgia Tech. So it's like Kirby was dialed in. I I just, the, the line was great. Now, speaking of the line, five and a half. I feel like it's short. You tell me why I'm crazy or why you agree with me. Yeah, we were playing it on 92.9. You were on with Andy Staples, and uh, you love Georgia. You said the line is too short. And, and look, here's here's the thing, and I agree with you. The public loves to take points with Alabama, um, even after they lost to Texas. I told everybody on my podcast, on the radio, Alabama's not going anywhere. Fully expect them to win the West. Fully expect them to be right in the conversation heading into the SEC championship because that's what Nick Saban and these Alabama teams do. One of the things that I totally forgot about is that Jalen Milrow got benched this season. He did not start the South Florida game, which is a complete catastrophe for Alabama. But how they've been able to progress throughout the end of the season – 
I think that's where the norm number comes in, and it ends up a little short at around five and a half. Some notes on Alabama in Atlanta, undefeated in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Eight straight SEC title wins in the SEC championship game, and they're 16-0 and in Atlanta since 2008 with 12 of those 16 wins coming by double digits. So does that factor in when you're making up a number? I have no idea. But Coach Saban and the Crimson Tide, they'll be feeling pretty confident walking into this game. The last game Georgia has lost, guys, was the 2021 SEC Championship in this very building, and Alabama smoked them 41-24, to and it wasn't even that close. Drew, when you look at the Georgia defense, not as dominant as the last couple of years, but what do you like about this team and the challenges that could present? And then how do they slow down Jalen when it's third and five, everybody's covered. Now you've got a 6'2", 220-pound quarterback who's chiseled out of granite coming at you. The number one thing I like about Georgia's defense the most is how they make in-game adjustments. You've seen it on this crazy run, I think six or seven straight games where the opponent scores first, then Georgia just pretty much smushes them for the remainder of the game. Will that happen against Alabama? I mean, look, the stats would tell you they probably will score first. But what I've enjoyed seeing is how they respond, even coming out of halftime, to really make sure that they're correcting what's happening on the field. The biggest thing for Georgia's defense is they have to slow down Jalen Milrow. If they slow down Milrow, this game may not be close at all. But what's been vulnerable about Georgia all season long is their perimeter defense, right? When teams get on the edge and then stretch up the field. And, and the other thing that's really been a vulnerability for Georgia is athletic quarterbacks. It showed against Auburn as well when Peyton Thorne ripped off an 80-yard touchdown run. And obviously, Jalen Milrow is going to be licking his chops. So how are they going to scheme up slowing down Jalen Milrow, who's been on an absolute tear over the last eight weeks? I honestly have no idea. We're all going to find out at the same time, but it's no secret, guys. Georgia's going to do everything they can to keep Jalen Milrow in the pocket and make sure he doesn't get out because when he does get out, everything else breaks down. He is such an elite athlete. He can get downfield so fast. I thought it was funny when Coach Smart in his weekly press conference likened him to a stronger, faster Lamar Jackson. I was like, wow, that's that's pretty high praise right there. I, Amal, you love Jalen Milrow. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I don't, I don't, trust me, there's no bigger fan. <laughs> He is not even in the same ballpark as far as speed as Lamar Jackson. He's definitely stronger. I that, yeah, I think that's Coach Smart maybe uh, playing into some of that rat poison for, for Nick Saban. But let me say one more thing, and I know it's tough, especially in college football, the transitive property, but they've had four common opponents all season long. Let's just go through them. They each played Ole Miss at home. Georgia beat Ole Miss by 35, Bama by 14. They each played Auburn away, Georgia won by seven, Bama won by three. They played Kentucky, Georgia won by 38, Bama won by 28. And they each played Tennessee, Georgia won by 28, Bama won by 14. So in four common opponents, Georgia had a much better win percentage or, or win separation than Alabama did. If that's worth anything, I just found that to be interesting. I think it's a great point you make. Look, I, Patrick loves Georgia in this game, and it's hard to argue against him in this one. And for me, it's not about Saban. I, I just, maybe I'm comparing them too much to the last two years where they were so thoroughly dominant. I, I feel like Mil I, I'm going to tell you, I learned this in a game in the mid-90s. 
you have to have a quarterback who's mobile in today's college athletics for the last 25 sure. years. And that's where I feel like Melrose, where he's the difference maker. And Drew, to your point about the South Florida game, I thought he put in Tyler Buckner and Simpson to tell everybody in Tuscaloosa to shut the hell up. Jalen Milrow's <laughs> our quarterback because you know what I have behind me. So stop complaining about Jalen Milrow. I, I honestly would not put that past Nick Saban, and, and it proved out to be exactly right, and it, and it lit, it reignited Jalen Milrow yeah. heading into the second half of the season. One of the last things I'll say, and this could open up a whole new conversation, is I keep seeing everybody on Twitter saying, how is Washington the third-ranked team? They're a nine-and-a-half-point underdog this weekend. Do we forget that Texas was a touchdown underdog and beat Alabama on the road? by 10 points. I just, for the life of me, I cannot understand that conversation when you're looking at the other side of which it negates it almost immediately. I, I, I love the point, Patrick. He just made, I want to ask you one follow-up question. Patrick and I love Roma Dunze for Washington. He's a stud. We think he's right there with Marvin Harrison, and I went to school at Ohio State. But, Drew, don't you think, to your point you made earlier, Washington, where should they be this discounted? 10 points in a dome? No weather? Michael Penix is going to be sitting there throwing darts. I, I could not agree more. I wonder what their understanding from Tosh Lapui and, and Dan Lanning and this Oregon defense, who are fast and physical. Roma Dunze is one of the best wide receivers in all of college football. And not to discount Marvin Harrison Jr. at all. I mean, he's one of the best players in the nation. There are a handful of wide receivers who have put up some amazing numbers. But week in and week out, a guy like Roma Dunze is one who you could say is definitely a game breaker. So in that situation, inside in Vegas Friday night. Look, they're undefeated. I mean, we could have a undefeated Pac-12 champion in Washington. Amal, you're talking me into it. I just think that's too many points to pass up. Where are you on the Florida State conversation? Let's say they beat Louisville. <sighs> yeah, you know, how... What's it look like? You know, do they win on a last-second field goal? How does Tate Rodemaker look? I think the, the thing for Florida State fans, which they should feel confident in, is they can run the football, and they've got a physical defense. The weather in Charlotte on Friday night is expected to be wet and cold. Uh, I know Jeff Brom is a great coach at Louisville, uh, and Jawar Jordan is a fantastic running back as well for the Cardinals. So I see that game as being really, really tight. It stinks, but I think Florida State, even if they win a close one, could be on the outside looking in. I don't think they should be on the outside looking in, but you're already starting to read the tea leaves of the committee of the talking heads on ESPN, already trying to set up a scenario where they say the four best teams should get in, which you can't really disagree with. And they're trying to make the argument that without Jordan Travis, Florida State is not one of the four best teams right now. Drew, at the end of the season... Does Kirby and company accomplish what nobody's done since the mid-1930s Minnesota, or do you have somebody else winning it all? You know, if they win on Saturday, uh, I think it sets up extremely well for them. I think Texas would be a great matchup for Georgia, and I think Florida State would as well in the Sugar Bowl. And then you're facing off against a Michigan or an Oregon or Washington. Even if it's Michigan and Oregon, those are two teams that are set up very similar to Georgia, and it's just tough to out-Georgia Georgia. I know that sounds pretty weird, but it's what they've created. It's the depth that they have. It's the expectations and experience that they have in these spots. So get past Saturday and get into the playoff. I really like Georgia's chances of getting a three-peat. Uh, here's what I do know. 
it's going to be an awkward car ride home from the SEC championship game for the Butlers. That's just, there's just no way to avoid it. One's going to be sitting there silently with like a little smirk on the face. The other one's definitely going to be silent. Enjoy it. Enjoy it, Drew. Thank you very much. Oh, by the way, punt and pass podcast with Drew and former quarterback Jake Fromm. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.